time for your morning briefing of junior mining and mineral exploration news. You are tuned in to Mining Stock Daily. Now, reporting from the Clear Creek Digital Studios in Denver, Colorado, here's your host, Trevor Hall. Good morning, everybody. Welcome into Mining Stock Daily. I'm Trevor Hall. And I'm Paul Harris. Today is Monday, November 8th. Paul, I hope you had a great weekend. You and I were kind of laughing because of this time change, and I'm pretty sure it's just punishment for parents. Yeah, I mean, it, it just throws everything up, doesn't it? Um, unfortunately, <laughs> in Colombia, the, the time doesn't change here, but obviously it changes everywhere else. So uh, my calendar is suddenly completely out by an hour. Uh, there you go. Well, let's get let's get into the metals commentary here. Gold and silver ripped higher on Thursday and Friday last week, with gold shooting up fifty dollars over the two days to close out the week at eighteen twenty, and silver up sixty seven cents to close comfortably over twenty four dollars at twenty four twenty two. Gold is back over that key fifty and two hundred day moving average, and silver is back over its fifty day moving average, but it's still below that two hundred DMA. The Mining Stock Journal said that it was unclear what triggered the move, as the dollar also staged a strong rally on Thursday and Friday, and India was absent both days in observance of the important holiday. The GDX jumped 2.8% Thursday and Friday, with silver stocks looking particularly explosive, with the Fed signaling that its taper program could be short-lived. Investor sentiment toward mining stocks is still in the gutter, And given the recent trading action in the sector, the Mining Stock Journal is ready to declare that the precious metals sector has lifted off the runway and is getting ready to pull its wheels up. We'll get to the news out of the miners and explorers here in a moment, but first a quick mention of today's sponsor. This Mining Stock Daily Morning Briefing is brought to you by Rio2. Rio2 is advancing the Phoenix Gold Project in Chile, the largest undeveloped gold heap leach project in the Americas. Phoenix consists of 5 million ounces in the measured and indicated resource category and 1.4 million ounces in the inferred resource category. With a robust PFS in place, Phoenix is set up for fast-tracked construction and production. You can find a list of project and company information on their website, rio2.com. And here's what you need to know this morning. International Tower Hill published an updated pre-feasibility study for the Levengood Gold Project in Alaska in the USA, which improved the economics, but still did not lead to an attractive level. The new PFS, the third one at least on the project, improved the post-tax internal rate of return from near zero to more than 5%, but other metrics were similar to the 2017 study. These include the $1.9 billion capex, the approximate 10-year payback and a mine life of more than 20 years, an average annual production of around 300,000 ounces a year from reserves of about 9 million ounces. The big increase, though, was in the gold price assumption, which increased from $1,250 per ounce to $1,680. The all-in sustaining cost estimates also increased from $976 per ounce to $1,171 per ounce. International Tower Hill trades on the TSX under ITH and on the NICE market under THM. After that big hit from Northwest Copper, I believe it was two weeks ago, they're back this morning. They drilled a new copper gold porphyry discovery at its East Niv property in British Columbia in what it says is the first drill program to ever be conducted on the property. 
Highlights included 81.6 meters grading 0.56% copper equivalent in hole 4 and included 42.9 meters grading 0.78% copper equivalent and 14.8 meters grading just over 1% copper equivalent with mineralization starting at surface. Ten holes have been drilled on the property, testing various geological, geochemical, and geophysical targets. Quote, this new copper-gold system in the heart of B.C. porphyry country is incredibly exciting and significant, said the president and CEO Peter Bell, who we also heard from last week. Northwest Copper trades on the TSX Venture under NWST. Over to Africa now. Alphamin Resources released more drilling results from its in Bumper North Mine and Bumper South Deposit today. And in Bumper North, additional drilling has uncovered the existence of a cross-cutting fault, causing a downward and westward offset of the deeper mineralization. By refocusing drilling closer to the final drill line from previous exploration, holes drilled 75 meters further along strike succeeded in intercepting significant zones of cassiterite mineralization. And in Bumper South, assay results returned 14.4 meters grading 3.2% tin and 2.6 meters of 8.5% tin. Impapa South drilling intercepts are now within 200 meters of the Impapa North ore body with potential for synergies and fast tracking of underground access to Impapa South. Alphamin trades on the TSX venture under AFM. SK Mining shared the results of the first assay results from its 2021 diamond drill campaign at its consolidated SK Precious Metals Rich Vulcanogenic Massive Sulfide Project in British Columbia. Results were highlighted with 140 meters of 2.6 grams per ton gold equivalent, 92.3 meters of 2.7 grams per ton gold equivalent, and 115.4 meters of 5 grams per ton gold equivalent. The company says these holes suggest the presence of an extensive VMS feeder zone at TV. Mineralization remains open along strike to the north and south and down dip to the east. SK Mining believes the TV deposit is comprised of a stacked VMS system, and therefore these intercepts are interpreted to be from the stockwork feeder system that fed the upper massive sulfide deposit covered in the drilling late in the season. Assays for massive sulfide mineralization are awaited. Ask a Mining trades on the TSX Venture with ESK and on the OTCQX with ESKYF. In Ontario, in Canada, Red, Plant, Red Pine Exploration reported a significant gold intersect from its 2021 drilling in the Saluga South Discovery area of its Wawa project. The company returned an interval of 55.66 metres grading 3.08 grams per tonne gold in the Jubilee shear zone, including 3.81 metres grading 27.21 grams per tonne. The Surla South discovery now extends up to 500 metres down dip from the boundary of the current mineral resource at the Saluga deposit, with visible gold observed in several holes for which assays are still pending. Drilling is testing the northern and southern extensions of the Saluga deposit and the extension of the Minto mine deposit beyond the footprint of their mineral resources. Red Pine exploration trades on the TSXV under RPX. Cerro de Pasco Resources is to acquire the Santander underground zinc mine and 2,000 tons per day mill in Peru from Trivali Mining in a cash and stock deal. Cerro de Pasco will pay $1 million Canadian in cash, 10 million shares, and a 1% net smelter royalty on all new deposits beyond resources currently defined at the Magistral and Santander pipe deposits. 
A contingent payment of up to $2.5 million US will also be payable in the event that the LME average zinc price of 2022 is equal to or greater than $1.30 per pound. Trevally guidance for Santander's 2021 operations is for production of 50 to 55 million pounds of zinc, 4 million pounds lead, and about 300,000 ounces of silver. Cerro de Pasco plans to develop the Santander pipe ore body by linking to the existing underground mine. Cerro de Pasco Resources trades on the CSE with CDPR. Trevally Mining trades on the TSX under TV. And finally, Asante Gold announced that all activities planned to bring its Bibiani mining Ghana into production in 2022 are on track. The company plans to deliver a mine that can produce about 190,000 ounces of gold during its first 12 months of operation and 240,000 ounces a year thereafter for a minimum six years. All work activities are proceeding as planned. Bibiani hosts resources of 21.7 million tonnes grading 3.6 grams per tonne gold for 2.5 million ounces. Asante Gold trades on the CSE under ASE. Well, Paul, uh, there's been a lot of news out of the Red Lake District. You and I are actually going to be, well, we're scheduled to talk to Chris Taylor later today. We'll be publishing that closer to the market close, but that's going to be an interesting discussion, giving uh, all this news with Barrett coming in on JVs. That's right. And uh, one, one sort of data point I researched and uh, found, which is quite interesting, the two juniors that Barrick is doing uh, earnings with, their combined market cap is less than his annual salary. <laughs> that is an interesting one. All right, Paul, uh, we'll talk to you again later this afternoon. That concludes the morning briefing. We'll be back later today with more market commentary and corporate updates. The Mining Stock Daily Morning Briefing is produced by Clear Creek Digital and Investment Research Dynamics Mining Stock Journal. It is distributed throughout the world through your podcast network of choice and by our friends over at the Junior Mining Network. I'm Trevor Hall. And I'm Paul Harris. Have a great day, everybody. Be well. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.